Just remain standing if you would. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Daniel real quick. The book of Daniel, chapter number three, familiar passage, but something the Lord's put on my heart and I want to share with you. While you're finding that, so glad to have you. Listen, I'm, I'm thankful for the presence of the Lord. I'm thankful. Let me say this. I'm so thankful for Pastor Lee and his his vision even to, to say, when he said, hey, Friday nights, I was like, Friday? Uh, uh, but it just uh, not just to be here, but to be to be honored to to speak. It, it it's a blessing. I, I appreciate him. Appreciate him so much, and um, appreciate all of you being here. Uh, if you're here for the first time, man, we just love Jesus. We just love Jesus, and we want you to know him, not us. I don't care if you remember my name. You, I just want you to know Jesus, because he's the one that we love and we worship tonight. I do want to just recognize. So good to see uh, Sonny uh, Honeaker and his wife Sharon. So good to have them with us tonight. But they they are uh, the old time Linkus family. They the connection uh, there. Uh, my dad and all them. They go way back. But so good to see them uh, tonight. And I shouldn't have started calling names, but uh, I just had to recognize them. So good to see uh, them uh, tonight. And uh, Daniel chapter three. Um, let me just give you a little backdrop here. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, where the Israelites had been taken into captivity. We'll talk about that in a moment. He had built an image, and he wanted everybody to bow. You familiar with this story? He wanted everybody to bow. When they heard the music, he wanted them to bow down to this image and worship. But, but there, were, there were three that were recognized. More than that, I believe, didn't bow. But three that, that people saw, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were their names. And you can thank God that your name's Bill or or Jim, or Sue, but especially trying to learn to write that in kindergarten. But anyway, uh, uh, they wouldn't bow, and people came and told the king, said, King, they will not bow. And he's, he had made a decree that those that would not bow would be thrown into a fiery furnace, a burning fiery furnace. Uh, and so uh, they, br he br they brought them to the king, and the king begins to confront them and say, Is it, is it true? Is it true? You're not bowing. You're not. You're not obey. You're, you're not going to bow. And we pick up the story. And I, I've I've just sort of skimmed that. And we'll go back and touch some of that. But we pick it up in in verse 16. After he asked them, uh, "Is it true that they wouldn't bow?" And this is what they said: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, "O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. In other words, we don't have to hesitate. We don't have to have a committee meeting. We don't have to vote on it. We don't have to say, is it two against one? Is it, what's the vote here? They said, we don't even have to think about it. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able. Somebody say, God is able. The God that we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver. Somebody say, he will deliver. He will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Man, I love this. But if not, he can do it. I believe he will do it. But I just want you to know, but if not, he said, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage, his countenance, was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. 
And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Can't everybody go through what you go through? Anyway, I better leave that alone. Then lost my place by meddling. So here's what it says. Verse 23. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished or astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They said, as Brother Lee would say, true that. True. That's true, O king. He answered and said, Lo, but my eyes are seeing four men, and they're not bound, but they're loose, and they're walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. They have no hurt. This ain't some children's Bible story. This literally happened. I say this literally really did happen. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes and governors and captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies, he, sometimes God will do something where a lot of people can see it so he gets more glory. Amen. And, and, and so they saw it, and they saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was in hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God. <laughs> Change of heart. Blessed be God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies and they, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Two more verses. Hang in there. Therefore I make a decree, he said, that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is, oh my God, there is no other God, there is no other God that can deliver after this. You ought to tell somebody next to you, can't nobody do it like my God can do it. Can't nobody do it like my God can do it. There is no other God that can deliver after this sword. And the last verse, then the king promoted Shadrach. <laughs> Man, if I had guys and I tried to burn them up and they didn't burn, I'd promote them too. I'd say, here, you want my house? You want my car? 
Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, then he promoted, went through the fire, went through the testing. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want to talk to you just for a little bit tonight from the subject, something good is coming out of this. Something good is coming out of this. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your, your mercy, Lord, your love, your grace. I thank you for people who are hungry for your word. Now, Father, I don't have anything to say, but I believe you have something to say, and I pray that you would use me tonight to say what you want to say to your people. They are your sheep of your pasture. You feed them tonight, O oh God, through your presence, your power, your word, your spirit. And, Father, if there's any here that doesn't know the Lord Jesus as Savior, touch that heart, O oh God. Let them see him tonight through what we do and what we say and what happens in this building, and let them be drawn to the Lord Jesus tonight. And if there's one here that is walking through the fire and needs a breakthrough, I pray, God, right now in the name of Jesus, I come against every principality and power. I come against every ruler of darkness. I come against everything that would hinder them tonight, and I release them now in the name of Jesus. Through your word, may it speak liberty unto their soul and into their life tonight. Father, we'll give you the praise and the thanks and the glory. For we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. And amen. Come on, give him a hand of praise. Hallelujah. As you're seated, Turn around, turn around and tell somebody, Jesus is why I look so pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amen. So let me give you just a little backdrop of the, of the Scripture and the text. The book of Daniel records events that took place in a land called Babylon. Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel, it means confusion. Babel, Babylon, same, same thing really. It means confusion. And, and, and man, don't we see that? Don't we see that in our land? Don't we see that in this nation? Don't we see that in this state? Don't we see that? And we can see that in our personal lives sometimes. But, but it took place in a land called Babylon. The children of Israel, God's chosen people, as we see in the Old Testament, they went through two major captivities. One was in Egypt. The book of Exodus talks about that uh, and, and how God led them out. It lasted 400-plus years. And uh, if you think you've been going through something for three days, try 400 years. And so 400 years they went through that, and God raised up Moses, and they confronted Pharaoh, and through multiple confrontations he brought them out through the blood of the Lamb. Y'all remember all that? And he led them across the Red Sea and all that. So that was one major captivity. The other major captivity that they had was in Babylon. It didn't last as long, but it's still captivity. It was 70 years. And so the book of Daniel kind of records what some of what was happening in the land of Babylon in this, this second captivity of, of the people uh, of Israel. I, I will say this, that even though they only had a couple of major captivities, they did have several different oppressions. 
dozens and dozens of times they were oppressed. They weren't led away into captivity, but they were oppressed. Pastor Lee preached a message uh, just recently about, about Shammah or Shema or however you want to say it and how he stood in his pea patch, and it's in the Old Testament, and he defended it because the Philistines would come, and, and what was they doing? They were oppressing them, and every time at harvest, they would come up and steal their, their fruitfulness and steal their harvest, and, and so it wasn't captivity, but it was, it was oppression, and it brought great frustration and, and great distress to them, and, and so we can encounter the same thing. There is a difference between captivity and oppression. Now, it doesn't matter which you face tonight, whether there's some place in your life that the enemy has you held captive or whether you are just being oppressed, the God we serve and the principles that we'll cover is able to be applied and the God we serve is able to deliver you and set you free and liberate you tonight in this building before you leave. I say before you leave. I believe you can be free. So, so captivity versus oppression is this. Oppression I see more as, as, a, as a type of restriction, just trying to restrict you. Didn't want them to have a good harvest. Didn't want them to have fruitfulness. Didn't want them to build a rhythm, a blessing in their life and would come up at the most inopportune time and would just, they get so far but never could sort of break over and cross over. You ever been there? Just, I can get so far, but, but it seems like every time I get to that point, I hit the wall. Every time I get to that point, I'm pushed back. Every time I get to that point, somebody ain't helping me the way you ought to. Every time I get to that point, Every time I get to that place, every time I get to that season, every time I get, and I'm almost there, I get pushed back. You're oppressed. You're not led away, stray, and captive, but you're, you might be oppressed. So it's restriction. But captivity is when the enemy has tried to build something into your life. It's when he has tried to build something into your life. Watch carefully. He's tried to do that so he can gain control. Oppression is restriction. But captivity is for control. So you dance to his music. So you jump at the crack of his whip. Amen. Now I'm going to point it out. I'm going to point it out, okay? I'm here to help. So let, let, me, let me talk about this real quickly because this is not my message. This is the message before the message. But, but, but when, when the Israelites were taken to, to Babylon, this is important. This is so important, so applicable to us. When the Israelites were taken to Babylon, they did three things according to Daniel chapter 1. They did three things, three, they did many things, but three things I want to bring out that, that tried to control them. And, and, and I see the, the, the way that it applies to our lives. The enemy still tries this in our lives today. Now watch. They did three things. Number one, they changed their names. Number two, they changed their diet. And number three, they changed their language. They changed their name, they changed their diet, they changed their language. Now let me cover these real quickly, one at a time. First of all, they changed their name. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is not even their real name. We know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those are not Hebrew names. Their real names were Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. Those are Hebrew names. Daniel chapter 1, verse 7. It's right there. Right there. Now, Daniel was also given a Babylonian name, Belteshazzar. But when he wrote the book of Daniel, God's like, I'm not letting a book be in my book. That 
where someone is identified by who the enemy has called them. Right? Right? So you are still Daniel. You are still Daniel. What they were trying to do in changing their names was changing their identity. Changing their identity. Let me tell you how the enemy does this. The enemy does this with us trying to make sure that we don't understand who we truly are in Christ as believers. Change your identity. Holy, you're not holy. Strong, you're not strong. Blessed, you're not blessed. Hopeful, you don't have no hope. Your life is hopeless. Your your, your case is trying to change who we are in Christ. Come on. How many knows that what he's trying to do is, is he's trying to control, he's trying to suppress, and he, in order for him to build a stronghold, he has to build a foothold. It all starts with a foothold so he can build a stronghold. If he can get a little, come on, the Bible said in Ephesians chapter 4, neither give place to the devil. Don't give an inch so he doesn't take a mile. In other words, no devil, you can have no place. Don't let him change your name. At some point, as believers, we got to rise up and say, we're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. We are blessed. We are favored. Come on. I am strong. I am able. I am capable. I have great potential. I have great capacity. I am blessed beyond measure. I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, my Lord. And at some point, we have to live out our true identity and not who the enemy has told. Failure and no good and destined for demise and death and, 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 and rotten and, and a mess up. We got to quit all that. Got to quit all that. I don't care how many times the enemy tells you you ugly. You are beautiful in Jesus. You are beautiful in Jesus. And, and, and so, so he wants to change our identity. He doesn't necessarily change our name, but he changes our identity, how we identify ourselves. And after they change their identity, because y'all remember, this ain't the message. This just, you know, I'm just giving you the stuff. After they change their names, trying to make them feel less than, what they did also is they changed their diet. Remember Daniel. Daniel said, the Bible says in Daniel 1, that he purposed within his, his heart itself that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. In other words, no, I'm not going to eat what the enemy's offering. Because whatever you, listen, whatever feeds you leads you. Whatever, whatever you feed on is what will lead you. Because whatever you do, and so what the enemy does, what the enemy does is he tries to change what we take in. Change what we take in. And if he can change what we take in, watch. So, so he's changed their names. Then he changes, he changes their diet. And Daniel said, no, I refuse. Come on, somebody. I love, I love this, this verse back when you talk about the Passover in Exodus. It says, when they fixed the lamb. That was to, the blood was to be applied. When they fixed the lamb, it was to be roast with fire, and it was not to be sodden with water. In other words, I don't want no watered-down lamb. I 
I want the true thing. I want the real thing. Give it to me straight. Don't water it down. Don't compromise. Tell me who Jesus is. If my life is in line with it, tell me. If my life is out of line with it, tell me. And I'll get my life in line with his help. I just want to know who he is so I know who I need to be. Give me something that's not watered down. Give me something that nobody's compromised on. Give me something that's not going to fit my taste buds, uh, my fleshly taste buds, uh, and going to tickle my itching ears. Give me some. Give me sound doctrine. Do you know that the Bible said you got to endure sound doctrine? Sound doctrine is not always enjoyable. I had a little, I had a little flare up this week. It's not, I, I've had trouble with it a few times. It was a little bit of gout in my foot. And, and and Winnie did some searching, and, and her aunt, who's who's becoming a doctor, uh, said, "Oh, you need to get this stuff. It was it was it was tart cherry something or another. I ain't even gonna try to pronounce it." And I drank that. I, actually, I opened it and I smelled it. Yeah. They should put warnings on them labels. And Winnie's like, "Is it bad?" Does it smell bad? I said, you come here and smell it. I wish to God I would have had a camera to see the look on her face when she smelled that. These, honestly, these are, I'll, get, I'll pay for this later, y'all. But honestly, this is, this is what she said. She's like, mm, mm. smells like toe jam. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It, it it tasted about as bad as it smelled. <laughs> Remember one time we was up in, uh, let, me, let me divert here, squirrel here. And, and, and I was up in, up in uh, uh, Ohio in the Amish country and went to the cheese factory. And they make different kinds of cheeses. And they, and they give you samples. And they had this one, they had all kinds, you know, different things in it and stuff. And I was like, man, that's good, that's good, that's good. And, and they had this one, it had ghost pepper cheese. Now, ghost pepper is the hot pepper. Hottest pepper in the world. And they had ghost and I was like, man, it's just this little bitty thing. Ghost pepper. And I put that thing in my mouth and I'm just proud, man. I'm like, mm, let's see. All of a sudden, it was a raging inferno inside my mouth. I found out why they call it ghost pepper, because you need the Holy Ghost to swallow that thing. I'm telling you, it will work on you. Not everything is enjoyable that's beneficial. Not everything is enjoyable that's beneficial. So don't change. In other words, it's not. I don't want your dainty snacks, and I don't want your, your sinful sweets, and I don't, I don't want all that. Just give me the lamb roast with fire. Give me what God wants me to have. Let me take in what I need to take in and abstain from what I need to abstain from. Don't give me the watered-down version. Give it to me straight. Give me sound doctrine. Give me truth. Yes, yeah, speak it in love. That's great. But give me truth. Make sure that's not watered down. And so they changed their names and they changed their diet. And then the third thing they did, I got to preach because I ain't even preaching yet. I'm just, you know. The third thing they did was, was they changed their language. Watch. If he can make you think that you ain't who you are, if he can make you think that you're not who you really are in Christ and he can get you to start taking in stuff, if he can change what you take in, he can change what you put out. I can tell what you've been eating by what's... 
coming out. I can tell what you've been taking in by what's coming out. And they changed their language. They said, we don't want you to speak this covenant talk, the Hebrews. They, no, we don't want you to talk that. We want you to talk our language. We want you to talk the way we talk. We want you to talk. In, 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 and so the world does the same thing. Don't talk this God talk, this covenant talk. Don't talk this faith talk. What do you mean, faith? What do you mean? Don't, no, 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 don't talk that. Talk, talk the way we talk. Because they're doing what? They're trying to control them. And, and in all the ways that they tried to affect change in them, through changing their names, their identities, through changing their, 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 their diet, what they would eat and partake of, and then, and then they changed their language. The enemy tries this with us. And as he tries to affect more areas in us and build a degree of control in our lives, he, this is what he does, and this is what Nebuchadnezzar did. What Nebuchadnezzar did was he built an image. He built an image. Now, let me tell you something. Nobody in this building received a FedEx package today that had a, you know, build your own uh, golden statue or anything like that. But I bet you the enemy has at some point in your life, maybe even this week, maybe even today, maybe even right while I'm talking to you, I bet he's tried to build an image in your mind. I bet he's tried to build images in your heart. And an and image that he wants you to bow down to. And in, an image, come on, an image that, that, that is maybe in, in our minds that's maybe based on maybe real circumstances or maybe words that were spoken or maybe opinions that have been so freely offered even though we didn't ask for it and didn't really care for it. Things that have been exaggerated, things that were taken out of context, things that were blown out of proportion and that seemed to be undefeatable. An, an image of our destruction, our, an image of our defeat, an image of our death, an image of our demise, an image that our life is over, an image that I'll never have victory, an image that I'll never be able to do what they do, an image that I'll never fulfill destiny, an image that I'll never fully recover. An image. He, he tries to build this image, and he tries to get us to bow to it and, and, and submit to it and surrender to it and to succumb to it. And, and, and that's what's going on in a different way in our world today. He's built an image and trying to get people to bow. Our culture has built an image trying to get people to bow. Amen. And in a time, listen to me, those things, there may be things in that that are real that may not be true. Goliath was a real enemy, a real giant, a real champion, and he looked like he was unbeatable and undefeatable. But that wasn't true. He was real. His reputation was real. His track record was, was real. All of that was real. But as far as him being undefeatable, it wasn't true. And David said, you know what? I'm going to ignore the real, and I'm going to rest in the truth. For I know that the truth is not principles, but the truth is a person. And he said, the battle is not mine, but the battle belongs to the Lord. And he said, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. The Lord will bring you down. I can't do it, but the Lord I serve is able to do it. And no matter what image he's tried to build in your life, your Goliath can come down. Your situation can turn around. Your circumstance can be reversed. So, so, so he builds this image. And in a time where, where the Bible said that in the last days, nation would rise against nation, perhaps, perhaps some of the greatest 
fighting and warring that goes on nation against nation is when our determination fights our imagination. I'm determined that I'm going to do this. I'm determined I'm going to serve God. I'm determined I'm going to conquer. I'm determined I'm determined. And then your determination is met with this satanic imagination. And he pushes back. He says, no, I'm not going to let you become. I'm not going to let you get past this. I'm not going to let you rise above this. And we get this image in our head. Listen, you get it. You, you, you go, you, you get you go to the beach and you get in the water and a wave knock you down and then you get up and another wave knock you down and you get up another wave. Pretty soon you got to, when you down for that third or fourth time, you got an image in your head. There's another wave coming. Right? And sometimes it's easier. You think it'd be easier to stay down. But it's not easier to stay down. If you stay down, you drown. Right? If you stay down, you get covered up. If you stay down, it overwhelms you. And, and so watch. This is what the enemy does. After a while of coming, we get this image. Oh, you know, you'll know, you know that. Amen. You, you know it's good right now, but you just wait. Amen. Well, let me tell you something negative, Nancy. No offense if your name's Nancy. I need somebody that has a positive image. I need somebody with a faith image. I need somebody with a God image. I need somebody with a biblical image. I need somebody that can see things through eyes of faith and see beyond what looks real and tell me what's true, that I don't care what's in front of me. I don't have to bow down to it. I don't have to submit to it. I don't have to surrender to it. I don't have to recognize it. I can stand in defiance. I can stand in opposition. I can stand and resist because the Bible said if you resist the devil, he will flee from you and you got to learn how to stand up and 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 push back and say no you're not gonna you're not gonna overwhelm me you're not gonna overcome me and the enemy wants to build an image that he wants us to bow down to and the image of deficiency you don't have what it takes you're not old enough you're not good enough you're not pretty enough you don't have no hair you, you or or this disease can't be healed or this is going to be the death of you. Or, or, or your family's going to fall apart. I'm talking about images he tries to build. Paul talked about when he's like, your ministry's over. You'll, you'll never mount to anything. An image that he wants you to bow to. An image of death. An image of your demise. And again, our culture is about this. Our culture wants us to bow. But listen to me. Standing, we got to learn how to stand against the principalities and powers that war against us. Standing, watch, this is, where, this is where we have to understand. Standing is necessary and even admirable, but standing is costly. Standing costs. And when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had this image that they were told they had to bow to, when the devil's music, can I say it like that? When the devil's music played, when the devil said bow, and they said, we're not bowing. We don't take orders from the enemy. We're not worshiping. Because, listen, whatever you bow to, whatever you submit to, whatever you surrender to, you're giving it a place of honor and reverence in your life. No, knowingly or unknowingly. 
You're giving it a place of recognition. You're giving it. You're giving it a place uh, of, of reverence. You're giving it a place where where you you submit and you surrender. And, and, and so so what what they began to do, they said, oh, no 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 no. We see this for what it really is. See, this is the thing we don't often recognize it for what it really is. Amen. It, it's a test of who you're gonna worship. Didn't didn't the devil try this with Jesus? All this, look at this image. Look at this. I painted it real pretty. All you have to do is what? Bow. Jesus like, no, 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 no. That's as high as I can go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bowing to that. Because, and listen, I know Jesus knew, but even if I never get that, even if I never get there, I'm not bowing to you. It, amen. I'm getting, getting ahead of myself. So, so, so it's costly to stand. When you stand, you will come under targeted attack. Targeted. Not just general. Everybody goes through stuff, but you will go through a targeted attack. Because there were certain Jews, they said, they said, King, there are certain Jews. We know their names. We took notes. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They're, they're not bowing. They're not cooperating. They're not submitting to the satanic. They're, they're not bowing and worshiping your image that you built. And he, he was mad. He's up there and he said, bring them. He didn't say bring everybody or bring me somebody. He said, bring them. He targeted them. And he said, no, bring them. And so they brought them. And the king was furious. And the king gives him an ultimatum. i got to hurry. The king gave him an ultimatum. Can I just summarize it? This is what he said. Bow or burn. Bow or burn. It's that simple. You can bow or I'm going to put you in the fire. You can bow and, and, and submit and surrender, or I'm going to put you in the burning, fiery furnace. So you can bow, or you can burn. Now, I want to tell you, this, I mean, you know, this, this preaches real good, and it, and it looks real good because we know how it ended up. But I want to tell you, at that point, you better know who Jesus is. You better know who God is. And you better know, we sang it, we believe. You better know what you believe. You better know in whom you have believed. You better have something beyond, ooh, this feels good. Ooh, I felt a chill up and down my spine. You better have something more than that. It better go beyond your spine. It better go beyond your goosebumps. It better go down into your heart. It better go down into your soul. You better know that you know that you know that you know who God is. And, and, and because you can't survive living shallow. You cannot survive the furnace of affliction living shallow. You, you have to have something deeper within. I'm always getting ahead of myself. But you got to have something inside of you. And the king was furious. And he said, here's my ultimatum. You, you, it, it, is it true, he said? You're not bowing? You're, you're not bowing? He said, now, now wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you answer, before you answer, I'm going to give you another chance. 
if you guys are ready at the time that you hear the music, da 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 it's all pretty, sounds so good, sounds so relaxing, sounds so good. Oh, yeah, I think this is right. I think, And he said, if at that time that you're ready to bow, he said, then well, it's all good. We're good. We're good. Brother, we're good. We'd be homing. But he said, if you don't. I mean, who threatens their homies like that? That's a giveaway right there. He said, but if you don't, I'm going to throw you into the burning fiery furnace. And immediately, immediately. Oh, king, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to pray about it. Don't give us 30 minutes to seek God. We don't have to go back and look at our scriptures. We don't have to understand. We don't have to go back and, and review the, the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We don't have to understand what he did through Joseph. We don't have to understand what he did through Moses. We don't have to review anything. Be it known unto you, O king, that first of all, three things he said. They said, they said number one, we understand that, number one, our God is able. Our God is able. I don't care what you're facing tonight. I don't care what you're going through tonight. I don't care what threatens you tonight. Your God is able. I don't care who said that it's not possible. God says it's able because he's able. The circumstance may not be able. The judge may not be able. The lawyer may not be able. The banker may not be able. The world may not be able. But the God we serve is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. We can ask a thing. So he said, You're at, he's a, our God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. Then they said, and he will, second thing, he will deliver us out of your hand. Now, I, man, I like, I, like the, I like the oomph in these guys. I, I mean, I, they got some stuff. I mean, in the New Testament, give me them four crazy friends that took that guy up on the roof and cut a hole in him. In the Old Testament, you give me these guys right here, we'll shake some stuff up. I mean, they got, they got this faith. They've got this commitment. They've got this covenant. And they said, our God is able, and he shall deliver us out of your hand. You know what I believe? I believe they were saying this. Look, we know God's able to get us out of the fiery furnace, keep us safe. And he might do that, and he might not do that. But here's how we see it, O King. Whether he gets us out unburned or whether we burn to a crisp and we go to be with him, either way, we're not in your hand anymore. Either way, whether I come out of the fire unscathed or whether I go to heaven, I will not go to heaven with satanic fingerprints on my life. God will work in me. God will do a work in me that will preserve me and keep me. So, so he said this. He said, he said God is able. They said he will deliver, and I love this. I love this. They said, but if not, but if not. I wonder if you have a but if not faith. A but if not faith. Do you have a but if not relationship with God? When, 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 in, I, when in I come April, uh, we'll be married 23 years. That woman's a saint, y'all. I don't know how in the world she's made it. Lots of prayer, I know. 
seeking God. She's, she's an angel. She's a blessing. She's a, she's a gift. She is. She's a gift to me. So thankful for her. I love that girl. And, and, but, and when we got married, I didn't say I will or I do if. Well, I love you if your biscuits don't taste like hockey pucks. I didn't say I'll, I, I, I'll be with you forever if your gravy don't look like mashed potatoes. Like if I said, would you pass the potatoes? And you'd be like, that's gravy. My bad. Oops. That, 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 that wasn't a part. It wasn't, I love you if. I'm committed. And this is no... No slam or no no issue with anybody who has, because sometimes you go through things you can't help. So please don't hear condemnation in that. Don't let the enemy build an image, right? Don't let him build an image. I'm just saying that that that, that for us it was it was not a. When we made a commitment, it was, but if not. If this doesn't happen, I'm still there. If this doesn't go well, I'm still there. If we're all healthy and whole and everything's good and I that's but if not still there still gonna love you still gonna be committed come on if we if we come down route eight and we we make it all right you know what I'm saying but but if but if not still there still together still gonna love still connected still in covenant right that's not gonna sever and these guys had that kind of relationship with God but if not but if not they said they said we know what he's able to do. How many knows what God's able to do? God is able. God is able. He can heal. He can deliver. He can bless you. He can change you. He can minister you. He can do what you don't think he can do. He can do the very thing that the devil tried to tell you to give up on and throw in the towel on and just forget about. God is able to do it, and he will deliver in his own way and in his own time. But if not, he said, but if not, be it known. Heard somebody at Shakespearean. Be it known unto thee, O king. No. Be, be, you got to be here to know. Be it known unto you that we still will not serve your gods nor worship the image that you have built. Be it known that I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I can tell you one thing that's not going to happen. I don't know everything that will happen. I don't know everything that won't happen. But I can tell you one thing that's not going to happen. What's not going to happen, I am not going to turn my back on the Lord. I am not going to forsake him. I am not going to give up. I am not going to run. I, come on. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stand. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to live for him. I'm going to live for him. I'm going to preach. I'm going to sing. I'm going to worship. I'm going to serve. I'm going to, but if not. Seven months ago, I thought my life was over. I did. I thought my ministry was over. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know. But I knew one thing. I said, God, I may never preach again. God, I may not ever sing again. God, I don't know what's going to happen. 
said, I knew one thing. I was still going to serve him. I was still going to serve him. I was still committed. I was still in covenant. And I can tell you, if you purpose that you're not going to leave him, he won't leave you. He'll hold you up. He'll get you through. He'll bring you out. He'll deliver you. You can count on him. But if not, Lord, I still ain't bowing. I'm still not giving in. I'm still not giving up. I'm still not going. I will not bow down. I will not worship this false image. I got to hurry. And, and, and so they said, God is able. Well, you don't have hair or sweat runs in your eyes. Just FYI. <laughs> Nothing there against anyone. He said, God is able. He will deliver. But if not, and this is what happened. The king got angrier. The king got angrier. And he commanded them. Come on, come on. When you when you have that kind of commitment, when you have that kind of devotion, you have that kind, kind of faith that says, but if not, and I'm going to serve. Let me tell you what the enemy often do. He'll make it hotter. He'll make it hotter. And he said, crank up that furnace. Seven times hotter than what it usually is. And he cranked it up seven times hotter. And he said, throw these guys in there. I'm tired of people. Come on. The enemy does not like people who will not bow. The enemy does not appreciate people who will not cooperate with his agenda. The enemy will not appreciate. And so he said, he, he said, throw them into the fiery furnace. And so the Bible said they made it so hot that the men that went to throw them in actually was slain by the flames of the fire. Because let me repeat what I said earlier. Can't everybody go through what you go through. Before you take advice from somebody who says, well, if it was me, you better make sure if they ever been in what you've been in or something similar, you better make sure that they've been tested because somebody that ain't been tested, they can talk a good talk and they can be boastful and they can brag, but till you've been through hell, come on, till you've been to hell and back, you don't know what the trip is like. Don't give me advice on a journey you've never taken. Don't give me direction. Well, I think it's down. You go to the oak tree and you hang a left and you go down there. There's a barn, but it ain't really a barn. It's sort of some wood that used to be a barn. I mean, no, don't give me no direction. If you haven't been there, if you haven't walked that, don't try to tell me how to get through it. You can pray for me. You can encourage me. But don't try to tell me what to do. And so, so they said, they said, they not able, because they went to throw them in. And those men were saying, because not everybody can go through what you've gone through. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody can handle what you've handled. Not everybody, that, why? Because each of us have certain tests and certain things that we go through that may not be exactly like somebody else has gone through. And so these three... These three, and, and by the way, I saw this in this passage too. Just throw this in for good measure. These men that were slain, they represent the people that were not walking with God. There are some things that happen to us in life that people who try to go through it without God are not going to make it. 
there are some fires that will that you will not survive without the Lord. It's not going to happen. But these men, these men, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they had this but if not faith. They had this commitment. They had this, and watch real quick. These three are in the furnace, and as the king, as King Nebuchadnezzar looked in, he said, wait a minute. Maybe he was bald and sweat got in his eyes, and he thought he was seeing things. I don't know. And he said, wait a minute. Did we not throw three men? Because remember when they it said that they, they put their put their hats, they put their hose and they put their coat, they put all that. And I was like, why Why they put, we don't really know a lot about all that clothing and stuff. And I'm like, why they put all that? Two reasons I, I see. Number one, all that stuff was flammable. You know, it would have it made them catch on fire a lot quicker. But I also saw that when the enemy tries you, there is a certain test and trial and a place where he leaves nothing untouched. He'll put everything in the fire. He'll put your job through the fire, your family through the fire, your marriage through the fire, your peace through the fire, your confidence through the fire. He'll put it all through the fire. He'll, he'll put everything and say, put it all in the fire. Test it all. And, 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 and so these guys are in there, and Nebuchadnezzar says, did not we cast three men in there bound? They said, true, true that, true that. He said, but lo. Now, wait a minute. Several things are wrong with this picture, y'all. There's three men that were bound that went in there. I not only see four, but all of them's loose. All of them's loose. They, they, they are not bound. They're not restricted. They're, they're liberated in the fire. They've been freed in the fire. They've been liberated in the test. They, they're, they're, they're loose. Lo, I see four men, and they're loosed. And not only that, they're walking around. Now, there's, there's flames. There's fire. Seven times hotter. He said, lo, I see four. <laughs> they're loose. And they're walking around. Hmm. Now, I don't know really what they're doing, but I got an idea what they're doing. They was following the fourth man. That's where I'd have been. I'd have been right on his heels. I'd have been right there behind the fourth man because as soon as they got in there, they recognized somebody was in the fire before they got there because the Bible said in Revelation, when we see him, he will be like one whose feet are like brass that's been tried in the fire. Jesus has walked through the fire, and he can walk with you through the fire. Somebody.
Somebody needs to hear this. I got, I got to quit. But somebody needs to hear that what fire you're walking in. Jesus is with you. God is with you. He has not forsaken you. He has not abandoned you. He has not run away from you. He has not left you. He has not withdrawn from you. My God, he is with you in the fire. You are not by yourself. They was following, I think, the fourth man. And when they got in there, I don't know how, how it happened, but they just got loose. Because I can tell you this, I don't care what you're going through. The fire can be raging all around you. And I don't care where you are, but when you get in the presence of Jesus, I don't care if it's in the middle of hell. I don't care if it's in the middle of a fiery test and a fiery trial. When you get in the presence of Jesus, come on. When you start singing, you are holy. All hell's breaking loose around you. Oh, so holy. The flames are coming up and you can't see one another. And you can't see the door. And you don't know how to get out. You are holy. Oh, and you get in the presence of Jesus, there's something liberating. There's something loosing. There's something that gives you life in the midst of a negative situation. When you get in his presence, no matter where you're at and what you're going through, when you get in his presence, something is liberated in you. It's life. It's liberty. It's freedom. It's deliverance. It's victory. And so, so they was loose. They was walking. And then it says, and they were unhurt. <laughs> and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. The Son of God hadn't come yet. Now, he always existed. Right? He's the eternal son, right? But but he hadn't come yet. And while the enemy is putting the people of God to the test, the enemy gets a revelation of who God is. What would you think if I told you that in the very circumstance that you're in right now, that you're not only going to meet him and you're not just going to see him and you're not just going to get meet free? But what would you say if I told you that what God's about to do in your life, he is about to reveal himself to you, your enemy for who he really is. And so he said, he said, the fourth looks like the son of God. And so he called to them and he said, come out, come out, come forth and come hither. Like when grandma used to call, come hither. Never a good thing when she said that. And the Bible said Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. I'm almost done. And the princes and governors and captains, king's counselors being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Fire had no power. Fire proves failure. Fire proves failure. You get that but if not faith, it doesn't matter what the enemy throws. It doesn't matter what comes against you. It doesn't matter what falls apart. It doesn't matter what goes haywire. If it all works together, fine, great. But if not, 
still going to do it, still going to serve, still not going to bow, still not giving in, still not giving up. And so they was loose, they was walking, they was unharmed. How? God, God was with them, and he's with you. And the king, the king had this revelation, so the three walked out of the fire. So, so, can I tell you that I believe this. I believe God spoke to me and told me to tell somebody here tonight that you are about to walk out of the fire. You have been in the fire, but you're about to walk out of the fire. That the time and the season of your testing is about over and you are coming out. You are walking out of the fire. I believe somebody even here tonight that you are walking out of the fire. Not only are you going to walk out of the fire, you are going to walk out of the fire untouched, unharmed, unhurt. The Bible said that, that the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed. For some it wouldn't be a problem. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire passed on them. In other words, and this, this I honestly, I don't want to smell like what I've been through. I don't want there to be this stench of negativity, of bitterness, of, 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 of ill will. And I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to smell like that. I want to be a sweet savor unto God. I want my life. I don't want to smell like that. And the Bible said that when they come out, they didn't even smell like smoke. And Nebuchadnezzar, listen, even, even the enemy, even the enemy began to recognize that God was working in their life. And Nebuchadnezzar spake, and this is what it said. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake, verse 25 or 28, and it said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him. Watch, I love this little line, and have changed the king's words. Changed. In other words, what he started out saying, now he's done changed. The, in, the king saw, come on, there are people who've been critical that if they'll, they'll see you go through it and come through it, I bet you they'll change. I bet you they'll change what they say. I bet you they'll change their opinion. I bet you they change. And, 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 and so they changed the king's word. And then it says this. He goes on down. He said, don't, don't say anything against the God of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because if you do, that person shall be cut in pieces. Their houses shall be made a dunghill. And this is what he said, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Nobody can do what Jesus can do used to sing that old song, can't nobody do me like Jesus, oh, can't nobody do me like the Lord, oh, can't nobody do me like Jesus, he's my friend, well, he healed my body, and he told me to run on, yeah, he healed my body. And he told me to run on. You know, he healed my body. And he told me to run on. He's my friend. Well, he saved my soul. And he told me to run on. Yeah, he saved my soul. And he told me to run on. He saved my soul. And he told me to run on. He's my friend. I said, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Can't nobody do me like Jesus.
was free, by the way. And then it says this, verse 30, almost done. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's important how you handle things and come through things and go through things because I'm not saying every time, but I believe that there are certain tests. Let me say it like this. There are certain problems. There are certain pains. There are certain predicaments that have spiritual promotion attached to it. And, 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 and if you can see beyond the flame, if you can see beyond the furnace, if you can see beyond the pain, there's promotion beyond the pain. It's God lifting you. It's God taking you somewhere. It's God doing something in you that maybe not otherwise would have been done. And, 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 and he, he, the Bible said that they were promoted. I believe that there are certain problems and pains and predicaments that have promotion attached to it. And I believe that God, what he's doing in some of you, is God's trying to take you farther. God's trying to take you closer to him. God's trying to take and move you. In other words, it said the king promoted them. In other words, something good came out of that. And I got a word for somebody that what you've been through and what you're going through and what you're facing and what they've said about you and the flames that's been been burning all around you and you thought that you were going to expire and you thought it was going to be the death of you and you thought it was going to be your demise and you thought you was going to be destroyed. I got news for you. Something good's coming out of this. Something good's coming out of this. Something good's coming out of this. I declare it. I decree it. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it and will he not do it? Has he not proclaimed it? Will he not make it good? I'm telling you something good is coming out of this. Something good is coming out of your pain. Something good is coming out of your heartache. Something good is coming out of your uh, discouragement. Something good, that thing that has been eating at you, been bothering you, been, been, been a thorn in your side, so to speak. Something good is coming out of this. There's a, there's a promotion attached to it. There's a blessing attached to it. Something good is coming out of this. And this is where I want to end. Brother Paul, if you'd, you'd come. Here's where I want to end. I, want you, I don't want you to miss this because this is what the Lord told me to do tonight. It's what he said. I don't always have clear directions at the end. I, 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 but today, I mean, God just so clarified what he wanted me to do. And, this, and I appreciate that. Because I, I asked myself, how, how did they do it? How did these guys... How did they come out unaffected? How did they do it, God? And I went back and I read, I read back in that, you know, we're not careful to answer you. And, and our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. And, 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 and he'll deliver us out, out of your hand and, and all, all of that. And I, I, but if not, they said, be it known to you, O King, we will not serve thy God, nor worship the God. And, and I saw that there was something in them. Something in them. And, and, and this is what the Lord really put on my heart. And I believe this to be true. I believe how they did that and how they came through that in the way that they did. I believe that they, here's the way I want to say it. I believe they had a fire in them that was greater than the fire coming against them. I believe there was a, fi there was a divinely ignited fire in them. 
inside of them so that it was great. Come on. Come on. That great, that great prophet Barney Fife told us how you fight fire. With fire. And if you do that, Andy, you'll nip it in the bud. You fight the fire that's against you by letting God ignite and kindle and, 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 and fan the flame within you because it's a different kind of fire. That fire is meant to destroy you. That fire is meant to take you out, but this fire is meant to see you through. That, that fire is meant to stop you, but this fire is meant to propel you. That fire is trying to choke you out. This fire is trying to lift you up. That fire that's coming against you is trying to bring you down. But this fire is trying to take you to a new place so you can answer the high call and, and, and get to the prize of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm telling somebody tonight, this is what God said. He said, I want you to pray for people who need their fire back. This is not talking about you compromise and there's sin in your life. It's not talking about that. But you need a reigniting of the Holy Spirit down in your spirit, down in your heart, down in your soul. You need God to ignite something because there's some people in this building tonight that you feel like that the fire that's against you is greater than you. God tonight wants you to experience something that you understand when you walk out of here. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is the fire in me than the fire that's raging against me.